Hi friends, and welcome back to the River UPC podcast. This episode, we lay the foundations of relationships with the backstory primarily of Leah and Rachel, and we tie it to the book of Hosea. We hope and pray the questions posed are helpful to you and yours. Also, please remember when we share our testimonies as it applies, it is not to boost ourselves, nor is it to bash or whatever the case may be with any other parties involved that you may also know personally. To testify and share testimonies in a church-related setting is very similar to that of a court setting in that you share your knowledge and experience. The difference being, it is to give praise and honor to God. If you would like to share your testimony with us, please do so by reaching out to us on Facebook at The River UPC or visit us in person at 202 West 1st Street in Freeport. We would be honored to give God praise and honor with you if any of our episodes have been helpful to you and to yours. Hope you enjoy part one to Healing Relationships. guys welcome back to the river podcast it's your brother with the same father john labrada hey and it's your host <laughs> with the holy ghost megan d you like that? I like that one. all of a sudden i liked it yeah so today we're gonna be talking on we're still on healing and we've ventured into relationships now this isn't exclusive to your dating uh, engagements and marriage relationships. This is this encompasses everything from God down to acquaintances and just strangers, coworkers, yeah, family, everything under the sun. Because once you know somebody's face, like we said last time, a familiar face, you've already established some type of relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and arguably the most important, of course, and. I wouldn't even say arguably, undoubtedly, the most important is your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Now, this one can be a very hard lesson learned and a hard lesson to learn because we have all the same emotions and feelings, and yet we apply it to or towards God. And that's where we put ourselves in a pickle that's where mm. we put up our shields yes and we'll okay. yeah talking about shields we'll we'll talk about that one in the next episode a little deeper but yeah priorities of course is you know god family church and if i'm not mistaken we've been taught or at least i have in that god is the top relationship that's the top umbrella mm-hmm. then it's yourself then it's spouse and family or fill in the blanks if you're unmarried uh, after yourself but uh, yeah a lot of the focus of this one is in Genesis I can't (laughs) I don't know what it is but all weekend I've been struggling with Genesis or pronouncing Genesis Uh, Genesis chapters 29 all the way to the end of chapter 50 which covers a lot Uh, clearly you know the cliff notes here in my King James says Jacob meets Rachel. Uh, mm. So it's Leanne, Rachel, Jacob, that love triangle. 
down to or including Joseph and his journey and leading into into Exodus. During our little focus prayer that we just had, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, right, I said all of a sudden, it came to me. I, wrote, I was writing down, um, I was going to write down the word relationship, mm-hmm. right? And I finished that relation and I underlined it. It says, what they are to you. Right. And then I finished the word and wrote ship, underlined it. And it says, what keeps you both on board? Ooh. So in a relationship, you have who they are, what they are to you. And what keeps you guys connected? Right. And I think what keeps you guys connected is exactly what either make or break in the long run. Absolutely. And funny enough that you break it down that way, because my outside of Genesis, I've previously, I don't know what's up with me being tongue-tied today, previously heavily studied Hosea. Mm. And uh, I forgot who it was that asked me. You know, when are we recording and you know, what are the base scriptures for this episode? And uh, I told them Genesis, focusing on the story of Leah and Rachel, uh-huh. and tying that to the book of Hosea. The look I got was like, ooh, mm. how do you get that connection? It's like, this is how. So pretty much this is how very much follows Leah's journey. Now for our newbies or our folks that have... I don't want to call y'all backsliders or say backsliders because if you're listening or if you're actively working to be in the swing of things. Yeah, let's call them the people building their relationship with God now. Yeah, our trainees. Trainees, perfect. Yeah, our trainees. Leah's story is pretty much, it's, it's age old. Every time that I've heard it, I've always heard it in the aspect of, and I, and I can't be wrong, because it's been many, many years since I've heard the story. And uh, funny enough, I've had the story used against me. Mm. And we'll get to that later. All right. But Leah's story is that she's the older one. She's the older of herself and uh, Rachel. Uh, the Bible says that she is tender-eyed, or uh, she had pretty eyes. Mm. Whereas if you read up on Rachel, the Bible says that she's just beautiful. So not once does the Bible describe her as ugly. Oof. And I can use somewhat of a live object. You know, you can picture it. If you know me, if you know my family, uh, two of my cousins, sisters, of course, uh, in this family, it's just the two of them. Nine times out of ten, if anybody meets the younger, nine times out of ten, everyone would agree that the younger is very much prettier than the older. However, that does not mean... The older is ugly because mm. they're both gorgeous. And we get it all the time uh, that we're all gorgeous, which we are, you know, not to toot hey, our own horns. Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> like myself, I know I dress like a bum most of the time, but I know when and where to dress, dress up. I just like to dress down more often because it's comfortable. But that doesn't make in, in this this scenario, that doesn't make the older cousin or the older sister uglier than the younger. It's just just the polygenetics. The younger just happened to get just that little whatever it is extra from the genetic pool than the older. And that's 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 it. That's the peak of Rachel. Uh, side. Little side. Get? Something to chew on. What you get? Whenever you said about the eyes, yeah. right? Let's not forget what the eyes are. 
Windows to the Soul. Windows to the Soul. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it was important enough to put that Leah's is tender-eyed and Rachel's just beautiful, I think it's something to keep in the back of our mind as we move forward. Absolutely. Because Leah, in reading her story, you see that she has done X, Y, Z to get, uh, and I may be jumping ahead of myself, to get Jacob's attention. So Jacob... On site, saw Rachel, fell in love, love at first sight. You know, the Disney princess movies. Birds were tweeting. Birds was a tweeting. Deers were dancing. <laughs> and prancing. Mm. But, uh, yeah, so he goes to his soon-to-be father-in-law and says, hey, you know, I want Rachel. He says, cool. Uh, what are you going to give me as dowry? He's like, well, you know, I don't have anything on me, but I will work for you for seven years. He says, cool, let's do it. Seven years rolls by. Uh, marriage celebrations are going on and keep in mind that if I'm not mistaken this is before the law this is before yep. a lot of things the celebration typically yeah spicy would... juices were were flowing exactly <laughs> for days for days if not weeks in the I bible we times you know yeah. marriage ceremony wasn't just something you dreaded for going for an afternoon you know this was like a you gotta commit yourself to you can, at least a couple weeks yeah you come into a lifetime so you can commit to a couple weeks mm -hmm. yeah so the marriage celebrations are going on. Come time to, and treading lightly, time to consummate the marriage, father-in-law switches out the girls. Mm. So it's no longer Rachel, it is Leah. Jacob is under the influence of spicy juice. Doesn't realize it until the next morning. He's hot, understandably, but father-in-law tells him, you know, in my country, that's not the way that things work. Yeah. You have to marry off the older before the younger. So It was you know, customary. Yeah. Which, okay, that should have been said from the start. Right. But, you know, that's that's definitely one, a perfect example of don't ask, don't get. You know, ask, ask for clarity. But father-in-law agrees, you know, if you still want Rachel, work for me for another seven years, and you'll get her uh, soon after. Or after honoring Leah with the first week of marriage, the honeymoon week. So honeymoon, honeymoon week goes on. Marries Rachel week two into marriage. Mm. Works for seven years. Now, during that time, you read uh, that Leah's having kids and Rachel is getting jealous. So she gives her handmaid, but technically slave, uh, to Jacob to have kids for her. Because for whatever reason, she's unable to have kids. So Leah does the same thing with her slave. They have kids. Yeah, that was a fun fact that I learned. That the slaves were... The slaves' children, if it was to the husband, so Jacob, were technically, by law or custom then, were the woman owner's, uh, lack of better words, property. Yeah. Uh, so they were the ones that got to name them. It was like a surrogacy. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Come time for Rachel, you know, she's by this time hot that she's not having kids. Uh, so, she was promised. Yeah. They were all... You know, it was kind of all understood. Yeah. Uh, and by all means, you know, it's understood that you know that they were all healthy, this, this, and that. In the message version, I like I like it better because Rachel flat out says, "Give me kids, or I will die." And Jacob claps back with, "How? Can, who am I to give you kids? I am not God. Mm. No, that's something that you need to take up with him." In in that's, of course, paraphrased too. So God. Uh, blesses her with Joseph sometime later. But uh, with going back to Leah, Leah is by far arguably the most underrated 
uh, I don't want to say character because this is this is not a, a fiction, but uh, person, person, personnel. In yeah, you don't hear a lot about Leah at all. You don't because everybody, and like I was saying earlier, how we got into this little spiel. Uh, everybody praises Rachel because she gave birth to Joseph. Mm-hmm. Which okay, yes, kudos. No, no denying that. Which by the way, you gave a great lesson on Joseph. Thank you. But yeah, that's that's pretty much all that you hear. That she's praised because she gave birth to Joseph. If I'm not mistaken, when I was a kid, I heard it more often than not that men, you want to find your Rachel mm-hmm. because she's she's it. You know, she's the it girl. It was the love at first sight girl. Yeah, the love at first sight girl. Which, and again, you know, this has been many, many years ago. Well over, let's see, I'm 29. I was 12, so what's that? A couple years. Thanks, Claire. By the way, folks, we have Claire here as our timekeeper. Uh, Which we didn't think we needed until now, but yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been at least 17 years since I've heard a story like that. Rachel's praising that she's the it girl. She's yeah. she's what you want because she's pretty. Now, John, you as a man, do you want a pretty face? Or let me rephrase this: you as an actively working towards being the apostolic guy, do you want a Rachel or do you want a Leah? And this is something you can chew on. You don't have to answer it. Like we covered a little earlier, Leah said in the Bible to be tender to eye, mm-hmm. which means she has a good soul. I'm going to use that as she has a good soul. Right. She has a good heart. Rachel is just pretty. Mm-hmm. Long run, okay. Most guys would say, yeah, you, you could have both. Sometimes you don't. Right. So I guess I would choose a Leah before I would choose a Rachel. Guys, listen to what John just said and take it to heart because here's why. In the Bible, and there's scripture, and this is why I covered, or uh, the base of my notes covers chapters 29 through 50. With Leah's children, each of their names means something in the original Greek and Hebrew. Now, with that being said, it also very much represents our own journeys with God. Now, this one hits personal, because like I said, I've, I've had this story used against me, but at our... First Spanish service, the pastor's wife, uh, or the guest pastor's wife, came and gave me a word straight from God to find my identity in Genesis. Mm. I just happened to find it in the story that was used against me for for so long. I found myself in Leah because her journey through, and you see it, like I said, you know, the way that she named her kids clearly shows the struggle that we still go through today. I mean, her first son she named uh, Reuben, which is this is a sign. Maybe I'll get Jacob's attention this way because I had his first boy. Mm. And I know to guys and to women too that the first boy is like top tier. Shout out to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then she has um, Simeon, which is which means God heard. And then Levi, which means connect or connection. And then you get to Judah. Now, uh, yesterday, like I mentioned, uh, I think before we started recording, um, I had a conversation with an individual and I actually got to give exactly these notes uh, to him in a mini Bible study. And like I said, you know, I I say I, but it, it was really God that had him chewing on what I was spitting out. Mm-hmm. Because Levi, but somewhere between Levi and Judah, I would argue that Leah really recognized that she needed to stop doing XYZ for Jacob and do XYZ for the for God. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where I had my wow factor. I've been riding on a Holy Ghost Cloud Nine wow factor <laughs> for like the last week and a half, two weeks, uh, because of this story. 
and because of the revelations that that just hit. But uh, if you read on further too with Leah's kids, uh, Issachar uh, was after she had, uh, if I'm not mistaken, had given her slave Zilpah to Jacob, but his name means bartered and Zebulun means honor. And then through Zilpah, she had Gad, which means lucky, and Asher, which means happy. So Gad and Asher were before Issachar and Zebulun. But still, nonetheless, uh, you, you clearly see a typical relationship journey that can be applied towards God, towards, um, you know, in, in my case, a romantic relationship. And you even see it in your platonic relationships. If you just take a minute to, like... Yeah, you know, I did all these things with with so and so, my yeah. friend so and so. You you see it in the working place, and you see it with acquaintances, and you see it with family too. And family, let's get this clear too, is not just blood; it's also your chosen family, mm. because you know, like we've said before, or for sure we said it Friday in a youth service. No, 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 we didn't. But it it's I, it's kind of a touchy one, because. Especially with the holidays coming up, uh-huh. family does not mean that everybody is welcome. Because, and let's be real, it happens. I know people that it's happened to. Uh, you're told to go, or more often than not, the younger girls are told to go back and change because uncle so-and-so or cousin so-and-so is coming over, and mm. you know how they are. Mm. And that says a lot. So, you know. Maybe a uh, conversation that somebody needs to have with themselves or with God or with some type of leadership. I don't know how we got onto that, but mm, that was good though. Yeah, definitely, definitely a conversation to be to chew on. But uh, yeah, Leah did all the X Y Zs to get Jacob's attention, but she ended up getting God's up front. How funny is it that you know the entire time that either one of them are alive, well, and Jacob too, you know, because with what he says towards the end of Genesis with his sons, jo- uh, Joseph and Benjamin, that, oh, my beloved Rachel, I get to see my son Joseph, so- something like that. How funny is it that even though he loved Rachel so much, yet he buried her on the side of the road mm. and buried Leah in the family plot when the entire time, if you look at it closely, he had rights to bury either one or both of them in the family plot, but he chose to bury Leah with honor and respect i think he realized what a lot of guys realize when they get a little older Mm -hmm. looks go away looks fade looks fade yeah looks fade and a lot of things are are just skin deep with uh some of the partners that you choose yeah because let's let's round back to uh rachel you know like we said she's not we're not discounting her in that you know she's just a pretty face no she she did god's work still by bearing Joseph and uh, Benjamin. However, we read that she first named him Benoai, if I'm not mistaken. And that is, I'm looking for the. Was what it, it My Sorrow? So, yeah, something along the lines of My Sorrow. But Jacob changed his name to Benjamin. But yet, she never converted. She stayed pagan the whole time. She literally stole from her daddy, from her daddy's house, idols. And kept them in her tent. And whenever daddy went to go find out who did it and lay some, throw some hands, Jacob said, whoa, hold on. You can search the camp. You can search everybody's property. And whoever has it, you can kill him. So she hears that. Homegirl is like, oh, I better go and do something so I don't die. Mm. So she hides him and she ends up sitting on him. 
So daddy searches everybody's property in the camp, gets to searches hers last, if I'm not mistaken. And her excuse for him to not entirely search her tent was that, you know, sorry, I can't get up. I'm on my period, which is the, I would say, you know, after having literally read it in the Bible in the early beginning days is the oldest excuse in the book. <laughs> yeah. So you have that. I don't want to say against, but you have that against her. She never converted. She's just a pretty face. Very much a drama queen. Because like with what I said earlier. she She's going to die if she doesn't get this baby. Yeah. She, she's going to find a way to die. Mm. I mean, it's a cruel irony that she does die in because childbirth. Because of the baby. Hey, careful what you put out there in the world. Yes. What you speak is what you reap. Mm. I had some trouble with that one because I'm a I'm a sarcastic man. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm holding back now. Are you? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I'm not sure if you noticed. Ah, yeah. No, but careful what you speak. Yeah, because you don't know who's listening. Actually, you do know who's listening. Oh, even if you don't, just a quick side nugget, quick dino nuggy. What you speak, everybody, everything is listening. Because I think we've covered it, I think, last podcast, early in in the session of it, that uh, spirits even walk into the church just to see what's up yeah. and to see what we're saying and how we react to things. I'll throw it this far, Megan. Throw it. What is sound? Sound? Sound. 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 What is sound? Uh, it's energy. Energy. Through vibrations, right. right? Going through the air. Who's the prince of the air? Lucifer. Lucifer. Yeah. And did you know that whenever you speak something out, those vibrations don't ever go away. Mm. They'll fade, but they're out there. Oh, yeah. That energy's still out there. Yeah. So whatever you say is always out there. Lucifer just heard it. Mm -hmm. And just because it hasn't happened to you... Doesn't mean that it won't. Exactly. Yeah. Rachel didn't die when she didn't have a kid right away, but he heard it. Mm -hmm. And then she, you know... She had her kids, which, hey, you know, kudos to anybody that has kids. Props out to you. I I currently say I could never. Not to say that I may one day. You know, that's, that's something that God has to provide. <laughs> kind of playing, kind of not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But, yeah, that, that blew my mind whenever I read that, or at the end of Genesis, that Jacob buried Leah in property that he had the entire time. But he didn't bury the one that he loved so much. That he worked 14 years for. Yeah. Yeah. Seven years up front, debit, and then seven years on credit. It goes to show whatever's at the center of that relationship makes or breaks. Yeah. The center of, of Rachel was her looks. Mm-hmm. She got a little older, and that started to break a little bit. It's probably, I'm not going to say because it it's not confirmed. Right. But it's, he probably stopped loving her as much as he got older. Oh, I'm sure. Especially because, you know... Science has proven it. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, there may be Bible for it. I don't know. Uh, again, like I said, you know, I've studied Genesis the last two months, so that's where I've been stuck in my reading. For sure, science has proven that men's frontal cortex doesn't develop until around, fully develop until around... 25? Yeah, until about 25. 25, yeah. 25 years old. About. And uh, even then, maturity is not age, is not your age. It is, yeah, it is time for you to grow up. You And you know, I'm sure they knew even then the differences between 
time to be a child and time to be a man. Yeah. And today, today's verbiage, we say we have that switch. For sure, I've said it. You know, I have that switch to where I can be a complete goof, or I have, or I can turn it on and you be, can be a serious. good timer, or you could take things seriously. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've, I think I've got a pretty decent balance it's on a it. balance. Yeah, balance is good. Yeah, in all things. So I guess really just stopping at Lee and Rachel in their backgrounds. Well, now let's dive into Jacob slash Israel because he did have the name change after he wrestled with a man slash angel slash God. I think it was an angel. The Lord. The Lord. For sure. I know spirit was involved somehow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Our timekeeper here, Claire, is saying, you know what? Confirming angel. Most most podcasts have a have a computer guy. Yeah. Claire. Literally on a computer right now. Who did he wrestle with? It's angel, but it's assumed that it's the Lord. That it's actually Jesus. Right. An angel that's assumed to be the Lord. Okay. Yeah. Which okay, yeah. So I, I wasn't wrong in that spirit was involved. His background is he's a son of Isaac. Okay. Uh the younger son of Isaac, or a younger son, because uh, Esau was a younger, and Esau, if you don't know or if you don't remember, had some type of beef going on between, if I'm not mistaken, himself, God, Jake, and Jacob, but for sure some type of beef with God because he sold his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of beans. I hope that dude was literally, I, and I kind of say it loosely, kind of serious, I hope he his belly button was literally touching his spine to sell mm. his birthright. For a bowl of beans, because that makes me hot. As an as an older sibling, as an older brother, yeah, as an older, I would have to literally be fading in and out from death of dying, not to be, you know, I hate my brother, but he he ain't gonna get it all, you know. What I mean? Yeah. As an older sibling, if older siblings out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. There's older always that. Yeah, there's always that little, you got to keep them in check kind of deal. Yeah, you and, still got to prove that you got that clout. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my sisters, they might be taller than me, but I can still take them to the ground. Ooh, that's that's me and Junior right now. <laughs> that's me and my brother. He's yeah. getting a little big. He'll walk around. He'll stick his chest out to me. <laughs> Five seconds. You got to remind him. Yeah, you got to. Who's the older one? Right. That power, power flex. It hurts a little bit more every time. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't go away with age. But, uh, yeah, so he's he sold his birth, or Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of beans to Jacob. He, Jacob deceived his dad when uh, Isaac was dishing out uh, blessings and birthrights, blessings uh, on his deathbed. Because I guess they really, it's true that you can feel whenever your time is fading, hmm. if it says it in the Bible. And he wrestled with an angel for blessings. And whenever he wrestled with the angel, his hip was displaced. But he was still blessed nonetheless. As a reminder of the struggle, that back and forth between flesh and God. Mm. And let's also clarify that Lee and Rachel also very much, very much so, represent flesh and spirit. It doesn't take a genius. Ooh. Once you read it, it doesn't take a whole lot of uh, putting Diving two to, into it. Yeah, it doesn't take a whole lot of putting two and two together to, to realize that Leah very much represents spirit and the one that you want as your partner. Whether it's your romantic partner or what in whatever aspect partner uh, of any type of relationship. And Rachel is just very much the flesh. Mm. And if you the page shuffle is very loud, I'm sorry. 
But yet, Jacob still chased after the things of God, even with the struggle, which, I mean, we, we do that now. That's an age-old thing. That's not going away. Now, I don't want to jump too far ahead of myself either, jumping from Genesis to the book of Hosea. Hosea, in that book, is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the prophet. Let me check it. I'm getting a head nod and confirmation. Computer guy. <laughs> that Hosea is a prophet. Uh, and he was commanded by God to marry a prostitute because in that time, everything was just uh, going downhill. The Bible says that uh, the people were acting as such, so go out and marry one. Uh, so he ended up uh, choosing Gomer, and he continuously chased after his wife as she left for things of the world. And at one point, he had to literally buy her back for 15 pieces of silver. I pulled it up. I tried to pull it up. Uh, the equivalency? Yeah, the equivalency to Bible times to now. I don't. I guess I couldn't figure it out how to actually get it, but in today's, or sorry, yesterday's currency market, it was less than $4. Yeah, less than $4. And he kept chasing after her, brought her back until she ran out of things to run to by God's grace and her husband's obedience. Oof. Yeah. That's, Oof. yeah, that's, take a moment, breathe, take that one in, note that one down, through her husband's obedience. Now, that's not to say it's limited to the husband's ladies, okay? You have to obey just as much. Sorry. We have to obey just as much. Let me <laughs> loop myself in there. Included. Yes. But this is where those, this is where I had that revelation of those two stories coming together, is that while we are learning all the things and we go through the different dispensations in our own journeys, in our own walks with God. You know, in some things, I'm still very much in innocence because I don't know about those things yet. Yeah, I might have an idea, but, you know, I haven't uh, studied on it to start gaining that second dispensation of consciousness about it, the right mm. and wrongs from it. Mm. What an and interesting way to go about things. That's cool. Okay, I had that revelation in yesterday's mini Bible study. Mm, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. You walk with God as a dispensation. Yeah. Hey. I mean, I, I could be wrong. If I am, please correct me and I'll, I'll make the public corrections. I mean, that's still a good nugget. Yeah. Or at least a... Take it for what it is. Yeah. A good starting point. Some of the questions that I wrote down in out of these two stories and on my own personal journey with things has been, or maybe not questions, but things to, yeah, questions to know what you want out of a relationship. I guess in a relationship, you have to tell yourself and note to yourself, even if you have to write it down, speak it out, soundboard it to somebody, to know what you want out of a relationship, you have to, one, know who you are. Mm. Find yourself. If you don't find yourself in Genesis, uh, as I have, get with leadership, get with somebody that has a, a deeper spiritual knowledge or spiritual authority and ask them, hey, you know, can, can you pray for me on this and you know, help me in this aspect to yeah. help me find myself. Uh, if you don't have somebody, you're more than welcome to contact us and we'll get in touch with somebody to help you if we cannot. Second thing is you have to know what you want. Third, you have to know what you need. And my sub point to what you need is you have to know your non-negotiables. Mm. Mm. Non-negotiables. Yes. And starting from the top, where do you begin to know who you are? Again, you have to find your identity. I found mine in a story that had been used against me for, I'd say, probably the last four or five years. And I did have the opportunity to ask this individual, do you really understand 
do you or did you really understand what you were asking of me when you asked me to be Rachel? And I did get an honest answer and this individual said, sort of, not really, in a nutshell. Yeah. So that this is where that conversation led into the mini Bible study. And I, and I did say, no, thank you, because uh, I did find myself to be Leah. Mm. And Leah, ladies, gents, is what you want to be. Just because it's a woman represented in that it happened to does not mean that it's only two women. Because I know there's some folks out there that are, oh, well, no, this, this happened to a woman. It can't happen to a man with yeah. Bible things. Like, no, 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 no. The principle applies. Let's yeah. get that noted down. That's a gold nugget. Principle applies. Regardless of what the Bible says the person's gender is. Yeah. And like I said, you know, personally, I found myself in Genesis and in Hosea because I had to chase after myself, chase after this individual. Let's let's throw this out there too. The Hedge of Thorns protection prayer works wonders. If you don't know it, get in touch with us and I can send you or what I was given, or you can pull it up in Google and just Hedge of Thorns protection prayer. And you should get those images of the prayer and fill in the blanks, but I digress. And again, if you don't find yourself in Genesis or in Hosea as I have, maybe you find yourself somewhere else. And that's something between you got you God and your leadership, because mm. please, please, please lean onto your leadership. And trust me when I say your leadership has leadership above them that they can lean onto. It's just a continuous circle. And it's 100% okay if you don't have your identity just yet. Yes, it comes in time. Believe me, like we said. You're not going to be 13 years old knowing exactly what you need out of life. Yes. Yeah. Contrary like, to 13-year-old belief. Yeah. You don't know everything. From 13 to... I'd argue mid-twenties. You are very much finding yourself. Oh, 100%. In all aspects. Me that today and me a year ago are completely different people. Agreed. Me today versus me three three years ago when I found God for myself. You know, granted, like we were saying in our personal testimonies at Youth Service Friday, I somewhat grew up in the church in my mid-childhood, so 12 yeah. on. But once life was lifing, I fell out. But I still showed up because house rule was work hard, work at the time of school, play hard, pray harder. Mm. And that's a principle that I still live by. So I still showed up. I still got the nuggets, even though I might have cast them, them off. Yeah, cast them aside or pocketed them for another day. Because also with just showing up, you get those nuggets. With just showing up, you, get, you still get those nuggets. Mm -hmm. And I can say from personal experience, you may not take it. But in a conversation with a friend or your partner or whomever, a stranger, that nugget comes up and you're able to pass it on to somebody else. Yeah. The way I explained it to a friend of mine, because I was like, you come to church, yada, yada. He was like, no, it's fine. I was like, something about understanding. It was a while ago. I'm trying to remember right now. Right. Something about understanding. He's like, I don't think I'm going to fully understand everything. I was like, I don't remember every single word the pastor said on Sunday. Mm -hmm. But I remember what... Um, I needed to remember. Right. Right. And that's not like the pastor has key points. Mm -hmm. That's whatever God's word was put out, whatever I needed from that is what stays with you. Right. I'm not photographic, whatever memory. <laughs> so I can't exactly tell you everything that he said. Right. But the things that I took away from it, I can. Right. And same for me, you know, I have been on a roll with taking notes in big church on Sundays, uh, prayer, Wednesday night. And this is not tooting my own horn. This is just for whatever reason, I started taking notes and you got to find what works for you. Yeah. Find what works for you. Uh, and, and there is a reason too. let me throw this out there. 
that your teachers, kids, there's a reason that your teachers, your professors tell you to take notes. One, because it makes you concentrate just a little bit harder in the moment so you get it. But two, as you're writing, it's proven as you're taking notes, you're retaining that information that much more. Oh, yeah. And it's written down. So you can go back to it like I did or have been doing in Bible study, home Bible study that we've been doing, uh, yesterday's mini Bible study, youth service, and just in conversation. But yeah, that's, that's that little tangent. Notes are good. Notes are good. Right. Notes are very much good. Check in with your leadership. If you don't have leadership, again, you can reach out to us and we can put you in contact with somebody if you're not here in the Freeport, Bradsport area, and so on and so forth. And I'll link our information in the description. Checking in with leadership is not just, hey, you know, I'm here. I showed up. It's not limited to that. It's also asking for a Bible study. Or if you're in too, in, too intimidated to show up to a service or a quote-unquote service, midweek service, by all means, have a Bible study. Have a home Bible study. Because home Bible studies work wonders. I will say from personal experience, since I've been back from Austin, we started a home Bible study mid-late June. And God has just been moving. Like, it's just one of those things are happening. Yeah. Like, once you get into it, and once you start being vulnerable, there's a key word. Once you start being vulnerable, vulnerability is not a sign of weakness. If anything, being that quote-unquote strong person that I have been for so long, vulnerability is more of a strength than it is a weakness. Vulnerability is a mindset thing. You know, John and I, athletically minded, we understand that we have to be in go mode to get things done. But with this home Bible study, I've learned that go mode isn't just go. It's also chill out, feel your feelings, cry, do what you have to do. And I got to say this to a young person Friday night at altar call. When your words fail, your tears say it all. Ooh, that's a good one. It's okay. You can let them go. Man, it's it's insane how how fast time flies. But uh, I'm gonna try and get as much out as I can here. So John, jump in. If we run over just a little bit, that's that's fine. Because like I said, you know, our ch- timekeeper was gracious and gave us five minutes of buffer. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, so if anything, vulnerability. Uh, you have to allow yourself to be educated, or at least get that start to that education, to that journey, to your journey. Uh, I'm just going to rattle off a whole lot of things, so I hope you got notes going. And of course, you know, you can pause this too to catch up. Uh, One of the first things that I had to ask myself is, what do you want out of a relationship? And again, this applies to any relationship. And more importantly, like like, uh, we said at the top of this thing, it applies to God, yourself, family, church, so on and so forth. And and those uh, sub points, do you want attention? Do you want care? Uh, Do you want to be cared for? I should say. Do you want God involved in all things? Now, this is where I'll put this, or I'm not saying that I will put, it is up there with uh, one of my non-negotiables for me personally. Do you want deceit and double-mindedness? Ooh. Yeah. Do you want to always be stubborn and to be chaste? Oh, hold on. Let me start writing some stuff down. Yeah, go ahead. Now, with this one, I've gotten some questions. Because uh, I've, I've shared my notes with leadership, one of our church babies. And our church baby had a had a really good question and what, what that meant. Meaning, do you want to stay stubborn but still be chaste? Do you want to be that little kitten that thinks they're the only one or that thinks everybody's playing tag with them? Mm. When, no, homie, it's just you playing tag. Yeah. So going on to the next one, what do you need out of a relationship? Slap some air molecules, John. 
do you quote unquote need God for you, your partner, in all things? That's rhetorical. That is a rhetorical <laughs> one. That's that's two on that one. But this one, truly ask yourself, do you need God? Again, that one's kind of rhetorical, but that one, you need to answer that one. No, yeah, because for some people, you know, it's, I'm going to speak from personal experience. Mm-hmm. Being the strong guy that I was, right. I don't really need a, I'm using quotes right now, mm-hmm. a crutch. Mm, a cop out, a scapegoat, fill in the blank. Anything. I don't need that crutch. Now, mm-hmm. if I could tell myself, you know. My right. past self right now, uh, that's pretty dumb. But that's the mentality of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, we see uh, support as a weakness. Yes. Oh, especially with being, uh, and I say this all the time because this is the pool that I fall into in the Hispanic culture. Yeah. And it's not limited to the Hispanic culture, folks. It is every culture out there. We say Hispanic a lot because we just happen that's to be Hispanic. That's just who we are. Yeah. That's um, what we relate to. Yeah. But support, when we think of support, we think of it something holding something up. Right. And as individuals, when we think that we can't stand up on our own, we see that as a as a downside. Right. We don't see that as a, as a plus. Mm-hmm. When the whole point of being with God is to let him do his thing and not my thing, that's 100% I'm leaning on him. Right. Absolutely. So flip side... Of I'm gonna say the nature mm-hmm. that we've created is the complete opposite. We don't need to be the strong. We don't need to be the steel beam. Yes. Sometimes we just need to be. What's something that leans on something? Uh, a ramp, piece of piece of plywood ramp. Yeah. Sometimes we just need that little extra umph. The umph. Yeah. I don't think that one was for us. <laughs> oh. Yeah. The next sub point to uh, what do you need out of a relationship is do you need to chase? Hmm. Do you need to be the lion that's chasing the gazelle? Next one, follow up to that is, do you need to be chased? Do you need to be the gazelle? Do you need to be the Rachel? Oof. There are right and wrong answers to these questions. Yes, there are. And they're also very much, you know, questions to just chew on. You know, really evaluate yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror. And then, uh, let me quickly check over my notes here. Yeah, there's still a whole lot more. But I guess to round this, this episode off, do you have clear, realistic, non-negotiables that include grace? for yourself, for your partner, for whomever, but for sure with God. Because like I said at the beginning, we have all these human emotions, human reactions and feelings that we flip onto God. Give me some. Check this out. All right. Little little piece of advice. Mm -hmm. I'm not the most wisdomatic, as you could tell by the word I just used, guy (laughs) in the room, right? However, off of what you just said, having that grace on your Mm non-negotiables. Because we're human, we have our emotions, Right. right? Some people feel some more than others. Mm-hmm. Some people might be more angry than jealous or might be more jealous than angry. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, right? All right. We've, he- we've heard the term wrong person, wrong time a lot. All right. How many wrong people, quote unquote, have come and go in our lives because we got caught up in our emotion and didn't allow Ooh. grace into that relationship? Or even, and I've heard this too, and this has been admitted to me, right person, wrong time. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So whenever you're going over your non-negotiables, which non-negotiables are your morals to yourself. Yes. They're your morals that you have not put on yourself, but that you just have. Live up to. Almost Live up to. In, in layman's terms. Your social contract. Let's, let's, let's layman's terms it just a little bit more and into everyday language. Your standard. Yeah. Very much your standards. For me personally, with, uh, and again, this is not to bash this individual by any means, Anytime that I share my relationship experience, it is not to bash him, to bash myself, to put my business out there, air dirty laundry by any means. It is to 
testify two things. Some of the non-negotiables that I've realized out of my last relationship is that I want an apostolic man, a biblically apostolic man. You can work for XYZ. You can have the house and all that. Yeah. You can have the money. I've been with and without money from, I mean, I've, I've seen my parents. Uh, I was I was a name brand kid because I was the only kid for six years and my parents never not once bought us off-brand stuff unless we asked for it, which dumb me. <laughs> <laughs> Being the kid that always had... Uh, lunches made by my mom for field trips and seeing everybody else had lunchables i wanted the lunchables yeah and in hindsight you know always 2020 no i should have kept with my sub sandwiches homemade sub sandwiches i forgot how we got onto that but anyways another non-negotiable is i do want god in it at all times now with any partner let me throw this out there with any partner and with your non-negotiables i would argue you do have to have grace because there's some things that are not taught at home to everybody so you have to have that patience and have that grace with people. Not only that, but you got to remember, at the end of the day, we're all still human. Yeah, very much so. That's we pretty much where I was leading with it. Yeah. Yeah, and we are given grace daily. Who yeah. am I to judge? Am I God? Like Jacob said, am I God? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we are just a little over time, and uh, we... we I'd, have another page and a half of or two uh, notes but the basis of this entire note is i cannot but god can Mm. so if you got nothing out of that take note that you can't but god can yeah uh timekeeper would you like to close us out in prayer dear god thank you lord for the time that we had today that we were able to get these good little nuggets and little words of wisdom God, I ask that every that this word would fall on open ears and open hearts and that it would reach into somebody's life and that it would change them, Lord, and give them a new perspective. Continue to bless this podcast, Lord, as you've already done so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Catch you on the next one.